Hello and welcome to episode 60 of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. I'm Caleb. I'm Mark. And I'm Eric. And we're three best friends from high school who've spent the last 10 years in the film industry and realized that freelancing can be a lonely business. So we built the Video Community, a place where filmmakers on all parts of their journey can come together and empower each other's growth and success. In this episode, we interview content marketer Danny Green. With Danny, we dive into support systems and cultivating leadership. We talk about the sacrifices required to reaching your goals. And Danny gives us his top tips for better sales and closing more deals. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. How's California these days? Hot as hell. (laughs) We are in the dog days of summer. That I will tell you. You live near the ocean? Uh, you know, I guess compared to most people in the country, you would say yes, but, uh, depending on traffic, it'd still be about 30 minutes to get there from where I am. Yeah. Nice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Filmmaker Podcast. Today, we have content marketer Danny Green with us. Danny, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, so as any devout listener knows, we always like to start with the origin story of our guests. So Danny, let's just hop right into it with you. What is your origin story. Mm. Yeah, my origin story was I got fired, uh, COVID, COVID firing March 2020. I was working sales, marketing, kind of a, uh, yeah, a combo of that, uh, that type of role for a food company and took that time. I was like, man, what am I, what do I want to do? What do I want to go back into sales? Um, I had some time and space, which was a real blessing in disguise. Had a drone. I started just like figuring out how I could make some money with the drone. One of my goals was always to have my own business by the age of 30. And so um, I was like, well, this is the opportune time now or never. So just really started hustling. Just call, started cold calling realtors, local business owners, um, like, you know, painters, driveway sealers, basically any kind of blue collar service I could think of that was deemed uh, necessary. And I just wanted to try it because everything was online and it was like, let's let's just boost their presence. I thought it was a uh, low barrier to entry. It's charging a couple hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, my first video for a painter and just kind of went from there just just focused on learning the skill and then just building relationships so yeah, I'm now like 14 months in and uh it's incredible man you can do a lot in 14 months could not agree more you know my dad's a painter and I for years I'm still trying to convince him to let me make a video and I wouldn't even charge him anything mm. he's I don't know <laughs> so yeah I just want to say mutual respect for uh <laughs> Being able to convince a painter to make video for them. They're old school. They're old school. It's, you know, it's a lot of just word of mouth and that type of thing. So, yeah, the, the drone was the real entry. People love the drone. You know, they, like yeah. uh, to me, uh, to me, I've now been exposed to it for so long. It's nothing special. But a lot of people are still impressed by just the images that you can get. So, yeah, I mean, it's 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 movie magic, right? I, I think we we take that for granted using this stuff all the time. But for someone who has never been on the receiving experience of media, you know, to see like, oh, my goodness, you can do what with that? That does what? It looks like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. So as far as your filmmaking stuff, you're still really fresh 
on the journey 14 months in any film experience before that any touching of cameras or playing around with stuff or is it just like yeah this seems interesting i'm gonna give this a shot not really no to be honest it was like uh let's see some photography real estate photography was the entry point i was thinking about like what was booming at the time and it was real estate so i was like well let me let me get into learn the, the craft of real estate photography. So I was like, how hard can it be to take pictures of, you know, empty rooms? And so that that's what kind of just led me down the path. But as far as experience before that, I was more into the audio side. I was involved with my, the radio station at college. I was hosting this podcast. And um, that was like the unexpected kind of partner in growth, I guess, was being able to interview customers and get really compelling customer testimonials, tell business stories and, and kind of like the audio aspect of, and then just add video on top. So I had the experience on that aspect, but yeah, not nothing visually. So it was it was from scratch, man. I honestly that's I awesome. love that. That's that's awesome. I mean, just like you said, a lot can grow in 14 months with dedicated effort and and the right kind of focus. But let's get tactical for a minute. So you say you started cold calling. What would you say, as you did it a bunch, what would you say were the techniques that you developed to help convert some of these cold calls into actual sales? Well, one, I, I set out in September. I had done, so I started in whatever, May, basically, of you know calling people. But I, I got a couple of jobs, whatever, took me through the summer. And then kind of the pipeline was empty. So September, I'm like, I got to get on the phone and like fill up this pipeline. So the first thing I'd say is you have to commit to cold calling for an extended period of time. So I called it the September sales challenge, rain or shine. However, I was feeling I was getting five cold calls in that day. I was actually making a little vlog about it. I was like, oh, maybe I can use this as content later. Or look back on when I'm, you know, super rich and successful. I the first thing was just, uh, you know, getting the list together. So I just, you know, like I said, service based businesses. I was looking to talk with the owner. I didn't want to go to the middle management. I, you know, I just wanted to have a conversation with the owner. And I wasn't looking for necessarily any big ticket items. I was like, I just, I'm looking for experience right now. So what I did, basically, I found out I had about five seconds before they lost interest, hung up, thought I was a scammer, whatever. So, you know, it takes a little bit of practice to kind of dial in your pitch. But my pitch was basically... Hey, this is Danny. I've been making videos for local service-based businesses. It's really been helping them with their sales. I'm wondering if you're interested and just shut up and let them talk. And so honestly, so this is the crazy thing. I look back on that September sales challenge. I closed one, basically my first big project that like gave me credibility. I'm like, okay, it was a recruiting video. And then, uh, and then also kind of a service explainer video, $3,500 project. Prior to that, I was charging like 150 bucks a video. <laughs> I was like, man, I made it. I'm big time. So I got that project from those cold calls probably two weeks in. And then uh, also it's been crazy how over this last year, those initial contacts, they... This one guy, he emailed me a year later. Some of the cold calls, if they, if I got voicemail, I'd follow up with an email and a little vid, uh, video message, a little embedded video. He responded to that email a year later. I just did some consulting work with him last week on uh, kind of his marketing plan and everything. And now I, who knows where it's going from here, but it looks pretty good that it'll be an ongoing project. So, um, and then yesterday morning, I, I got a text from somebody that said, hey, I was referred to you by Chris. 
Chris was somebody I did this one of these $150 projects for last summer. This guy, he's like, yeah, Chris said you're pretty good. I want to do 15 customer testimonials. I was like, let's go. <laughs> I'm like, all right, 600 bucks a pop. That's the rate. He's like, all right, let's start with three. Let's see where it goes. But anyways, my point is cold calling bears fruit. It just doesn't necessarily bear fruit right away. I love that. Like some of my even biggest deals today have come from like a year after I sent him a LinkedIn message. And like you have the thought of like, oh, they'll, they'll never... They'll never get back to me. Or I sent them like five or six messages. And then like all of a sudden out of the blue, they're like, hey, sorry, I didn't get back to you, but we're ready for video. <laughs> there's some yeah. stat There's some stat where it's like 3% of the people you cold call on are actually in a position and ready to buy. The other 97% aren't. So it makes sense. Like if when You're just yeah. dropping seeds, you know? Yeah. Well, yes. I was going to say exactly. the same thing. You're just planting seeds. And I think this also plays into the art of the follow-up. You know, you plant a seed and the follow-up is kind of watering that seed. Still no guarantees it'll germinate and come into something. But if you've watered it, if you've done the follow-up, you know, you've done everything that you can do and you just keep planting seeds and what you thought was a flower might be a freaking oak tree. And then all of a sudden it's your major person you're doing business with for 10 years. You know, like that's how crazy this stuff is. And that's why something like a September challenge is great because even just a Monday through Friday, like five a day, right? You know, you're doing 25 a week. That's a hundred of a course of a month. You know, all right. Even if you're, if you even if we're talking 3%, that's yeah, three clients. That's yep. three clients from that. So, all right, like who isn't going to take those numbers? Who exactly. isn't going to take? I'll, I'll take that 3%. Hell yeah. All day long. That's awesome. Yep. So for these first couple that you're doing the 154, did you like leverage? Hey, I've been in an experience phase. I want to offer you a discount for my services. Or did you just like go in and just talk big and you, I'll figure it out? I felt it out. Yeah, I was pretty transparent, but I wouldn't necessarily lead with that. I, I There was a certain acting as if. I don't like fake it as you make it, but I like the term acting as if. So I acted as if for a lot of those clients, but I think for the, I mean, they're business owners. They're not stupid. They could probably see that, you know, this guy, he's maybe a little green, but um, yeah, I like, <laughs> his, I like his energy and let's give him a shot for 150 bucks. To me, that's a lot yeah. beginning, but to them, it's like, you know, that's a lunch. Yeah. You just touched on those, something that I think like people overlook a lot in sales. It's like, they like your energy. They like who you are. Like they can, they can tell if you're an authentic person or if you're just like selling them snake oil. Exactly. Yep. And it's yep, kind of like sure. an un, unsensed feeling, so to speak. But it's like if you come in with good intent, there's going to be a lot of no's. But the ones that will give you a shot, give you a shot because they, they feel like you're an honest person. Passion yeah. too. Passion sells for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what sold but it probably was working the most for me i think passion they're like they could just yeah. tell yeah, i was hungry man i wasn't gonna go back to a, a corporate nine to five anything i was like i'm gonna make this work <laughs> so kind of like i'm curious going back to that like when you got let go was that like it seemed like that was pretty unexpected i saw it coming i mean okay. i wasn't stupid like it was a week <laughs> after like um covid basically broke I was in gyms yeah. a lot. I was selling in gyms. All the gyms got shut down. It's oh, like, well, okay. there's not much value I can provide here. And so yeah. were you were you like initially thinking like looking for other jobs or were you pretty much like, okay, I know I'm going to get let go and you know what? Screw it. I'm going for it. Oh man, that's yeah, funny how this all works. Um, so the job I had it was a sales job and like anyone knows, it goes up ups and downs and prior in like November, I was kind of in a lull. You know, I wasn't I was like, man, there's a chance I get let go because it was a small company. I knew 
I had to be very efficient. I was an impact player. If I if I wasn't, it was clear if I was affecting the bottom line or not. And so at that point, I set up an LLC. And beforehand, before that job, I was working sales and marketing for a commercial cleaning company. And so I knew that commercial cleaning, I knew the business I worked in it for two and a half years. I was like, well, let me just get this started right now before I'm desperate. Um, so when I got let go, my initial thought was, okay, let's go. I got the LLC in place. I wasn't super jacked to get back into cleaning, but part of me was like, there's got to be some demand with COVID. And the other part of me was like, well, everyone's at home though. So who knows? You know, this is, it was kind of a, a weird tension. Anyways, I was, I was hanging with a buddy. We were um, actually doing a little talk show, a daily talk show, and he had an office and uh, whatever. So I took a camera, I borrowed my sister's camera, and I thought the way I'm going to differentiate this cleaning business is by great marketing, and I'm going to create amazing content. And so I made this little commercial that it was just a little point of view on my hand, touching all the different things, opening the door handle, pushing the pot machine, flushing the toilet. And I was like, uh, so I had some catch, you know, some tagline at the end, like, uh, are you, are you, are you disinfecting your office? I can't quite remember what the, you know, my witty little line was, but it was to the effect, like, is, is your office clean? And so I kind of kept going with that. I was spending a lot of time on my website. And then honestly, I was walking to the lake one day, the Holy Spirit was just like, like a laser beam. Why are you doing like, why are you going after cleaning? Like go after content. That's what you love doing. So from that moment on, it was content and I, I didn't look back. I was like, yep, LLC, bye-bye. And that's hard because I was telling my parents, my family, my friends, like I was starting to kind of spread the word like, hey, if you need a cleaner, let me know. And then one of those things that my parents, I don't know, so, sometimes people in your life will be like, oh, you never finish anything. And I learned that I like to bounce ideas off of people. But when I do that, they think that that's me saying I'm going to go do something. Mm. And then when I switch directions, they think it's me giving up or being un, uh, non-committal. And there's actually a little bit of truth to that. But I do iterate a lot. But what I've learned is I just need to keep my idea brainstorms a little bit closer to the vest. I mean, big on that. Honestly, tweaks and pivots. It's all tweaks and pivots and iterations. I mean, when you buy a computer program, they update it. It changes. Some of them are small. Some of them are huge and completely change user interface and user experience. Why can't a life be the same way? You know, like just because you downloaded this app six yeah. months ago doesn't mean it needs to look the same today. Maybe it's better now. You know, so if you need to make changes, if adjustments, especially being a more true in, in alignment with who you are, one, you're going to create a better product. You'd rather create content. You know, it's not good when the only thing you like about your job is when you get to make videos for it. And then you just go right. do the rest and you just have to tolerate the rest and you can't wait for the next marketing campaign. I and mean, like, talk about the Holy Spirit being with you. It's just like it's 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 being open to to listening. It's listen, yeah. listening to yourself, listening to your needs, listening to to passions. You know, it's what are you passionate about and, and finding a way to turn that into a money making opportunity. I mean, and that takes confidence, especially especially if you were in a corporate environment. Especially when you have family, friends, loved ones that are that that want to see you with security, and you're like, "Well, I actually kind of like this this like anything goes lifestyle." It confuses and scares a lot of people, so yeah, it takes double confidence because yep. you got to believe in yourself in that first bit while you build. Mm -hmm. Yes, yep. It, you got to almost be like you. You do have to like. I had to learn. I had to be protective about who I shared things with because you know that just because people love you, it doesn't mean that they're going to support you. And a lot of times people will take it the wrong way. And like when you are sharing 10,000 different ideas that you have every day with other people who don't 
who aren't on the same wavelength as you, then they they do because most people don't. Most people don't have that ambition to think about 20 ideas only to throw them all away and have 20 more the next day and throw those away and like shift through all the possibilities just to find that diamond in the rough. Sometimes it's just a feeling too. Like you Absolutely. don't even know what that thing is, but you just know that this is the direction. There's something I can't quite put my finger on, but it's some, something out here in this direction is what I got to pursue. It's faith. It's faith in, in yourself and what you can do and, and that your life is leading you in that direction. And Vicky, backing off of what you said, Mark, I don't even know it's like people don't support you, but I just think most people don't know how. When you have someone who goes against the grain, when you have someone that says society's rules are dumb, I think we can do it better. I'm going to do it better. It scares a lot of people because they're in line with conventions. So when you say I'm going to violate the societal norm of conventions of of a secure nine to five of a salary job of this and the other thing, people, it's not that they don't want to support you. It's that they just don't know how because they can't fathom what that life is like. How are you going to put food on the table? How are you going to afford this and the other thing? They can't see it. Right. And it's not your job to show them. Right. As long as you see, that's what's important. But it's good to be that person, because then at least you can show others that it's possible. Right. Like you can be the testimony of for, for others just through mm-hmm. your experience and your actions, not through not through words or what you told people you're going to do. You just go and you do it and then you show them, see, it is possible because I am doing it. And then if other people, if that resonates, then who knows, maybe more people will find a new round or, or hopefully it will inspire passion in them to seek something else or maybe not. But as long as you have that internal confidence in that first act, knowing that most people can't understand what it is that you are going after, I think that creates a powerful journey for you as the individual. Yeah, for sure. And I, I heard something that resonated. It was like when you when you decide to make a change, a significant change, you start you personally start to see differences in about 4 weeks your close friends maybe in about 2 to 3 months and then kind of everybody else is kind of in your world it might take a year or whatever so when you start interacting with people outside of your close circle they still think of you as the old Danny or the old whoever and if they treat you like that and you accept that treatment that starts to re wire your brain to the old ways so that's where like in the beginning you got to fortify yourself you got to stand firm and know who you are be confident in your identity and um and not let like you know people that don't understand your path talk you out of it it's true absolutely you teach people how to treat you right Mm -hmm. and there is there's like scientific studies that show that when people go back to their home environments they revert back to that home life like why our parents wonder you know be worried about where you are when you're staying yeah. home with them you know it's like these things it's like mentally it's it's a cycle back right so it, it is important to to reteach and honor boundaries the new new experiences the upgraded firmware that is your life and people either get on board with that or they uninstall you know and life goes on love that yeah and, and when you're reinstalling or upgrading sometimes that's a desert season for yourself but some some guy told me like all great leaders are made in the desert. So you like you that. want it more than you don't. At the end of the day, yeah, I think that's just what it comes down to. And sifting through all those different decisions, it's just like as an entrepreneur, you have, you you find something, then you choose that you want it more than you don't want it, or else it's just things aren't going to pan out. And it sounds so simple, but it's like you, you kind of have to go through those ten thousand ideas to figure out what you actually want. You almost have yeah. to know what you don't want before you know what you want. Well, the desert tells you how bad you want it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, like that's what it is. When you're sitting there and you're down to your last couple sips of water and you see nothing but sand dunes in front of you, you know, you ask yourself, how important is me staying alive through this? How far am I willing to go to make it to that oasis that I know I might not be able to see it, but I know on the map of my life, there's an oasis there. How am I going to make this work? That's the test. That's the metal. That's where you find out if you got the grit to go after what you want. And when you are alone, you know, that's the double confidence again. Like you got to be able to double, double in that other half that you would usually get from other people. You got to put it in yourself. One that commands respect for yourself, self-respect. Your self-respect is earned or lost a hundred times a day. But also when you do get to that oasis, that commands respect from those around you. Mm -hmm. And that's why people follow leaders. Absolutely. Yeah. And additionally to this whole kind of theme, figuring out like any any type of success, anything you want to go after, goals worth achieving, you're going to have to sacrifice. And for me personally, probably the biggest sacrifice was I gave up alcohol. You know, I've done Sober October, those kind of challenges before, but this was a kind of an inciting event. And I just said, um, you know what, like, I want this new life more than I want the momentary pleasures of getting drunk or having a buzz or whatever. And I just know how alcohol affects me and my motivation and my energy. And so being willing to pay the price to get what you want, like you got to state the price and don't, don't BS it. And uh, yeah, it's been difficult, but I've, you know, there's a period of difficulty, but then you get used to it and it's all good. So anyways, that's my, my one little, uh, I got to put that in there because that's been, that was a huge uh, X factor. No, I think that's great. And you know what that sacrifice looks like is is different for everybody. Was then the looking at the future and asking yourself honestly and candidly, no bullshit, what in my life still serves me? And even more importantly, what in my life right now no longer serves me? And being extremely honest with that. And mm-hmm. then with that honesty, with that awareness, with that presence, you now have then making the necessary changes, you know, those assessments, those those alterations. So you can actually pave the path to getting what you want out of life. Yeah, sure. man, because if like if we want things to change, then we have to change. And if we're not willing to make any any adjustments in our life, then like how do we how do we expect then our, our life situation to change or our like life circumstance? That's just it. Yep. No. Ch- change is hard. Change is ambiguous. So that's why it's tough. But yeah, got to change you know, In- inputs and outputs. It's just exactly. inputs, outputs. Yep. And it's small habits. You know, it's like you don't, you don't have to do anything big at first, but like start exercising if you're not exercising. Like that's a that's a small big change. It doesn't have to be life changing immediately, but all of those small habits don't become life changing. Yeah, for sure. What one percent better every day? You know, it's not the day-to-day changes, it's progress over time. And, you, you know, like you now, Danny, you know, four to 14 months in, and you, know, you can talk back to that that wild September now, and you already have so much perspective and experience since then that you can laugh and see just already how far you've come, you know, the progress over time. Yeah, that, no, for sure. I'm sure that helps kind of keep pushing you forward, be like, well, that's where I was this past September. Just imagine where I can be, where I will be have a you, year have from you- now. Have you noticed like your, your environment, like your network, your, your, just the people that you spend time with have changed over the last 14 months at all? Just starting to, you know, run your own business versus work for someone? Certainly, certainly. Yeah. And I won't lie. Like there's, there's points where I'm in a debt, like I'm not in a necessarily all encompassing desert, but there's, there's aspects of my life where I still feel lonely in some regard, but I know that loneliness is, 
it's better than say on a Friday night, like I'm not going to the bar. I'm not doing that. Some other people are going to the bar and that's, that's what they do. But yeah, I mean, I got involved with more business groups and um, like age people, people think about age a lot. And like when I, I traveled for a while and one of the big things I learned from um, backpacking was that age doesn't matter. Like when, when everyone just kind of comes together and you're just, you are who you are. There's no fronting to try to impress anybody. It's not about how old you are. It's about like your perspective, what you think, what you bring to the table from your soul, your mind, your spirit, energy, all that stuff. So I'm in a BNI group right now. That has been incredible. Like BNI sometimes gets a bad rap because it's like forced networking and all that stuff. It really just depends on the group. There's 90 business owners in my BNI group. And just being around 90 people on a weekly basis, yeah, that's that's a positive thing. And even even with some of my clients, like yeah, getting invited to twins games with clients now and I'm golfing and like it's slow change and I'm but yeah and not to say like my old friends they'll always be my old friends you know what I mean like those they're not going anywhere but it's just the amount of time that I dedicate to those types of leisurely activities is far less yeah I mean it makes a lot of sense you know you want to as often as you can surround yourself with people that like are either at where you want to be or heading down that way, because then it becomes like an ecosystem of thought exchange of, of, of synergetic exchanging of, of value and values, you know, and, and then, and there's a ton of growth that happens in that. So, you know, I think that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. It's just fun to talk with other people about the types of things you're working on. So like I got friends that love sports and I love sports, but I'm not dedicating as much time to sports as I used to. I'm talking, I'm, I'm spending most of my days thinking about customer psychology or like what's the best way to promote this video or campaign. What, you know what I mean? Like all these, they're, that's not necessarily their headspace. I, some of them are teachers. Some of them are, you know, whatever. Like they're, they're just not all in the same arena as I am and that's fine. But no, 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 man. It's like, if you want to be a great baseball player, but you're hanging out with like golfers and football players and a bowler or you know anybody else but baseball players and like quidditch player maybe yeah quidditch for sure <laughs> like yeah how do you expect to be the greatest you know or at least like to right. be in the greats it's like you just can't and it's not about other people it's not about being selfish but it's like if you really want to hone and master a craft of any degree then like you you really gotta live your daily life with other people who you're learning from and who you're being pushed by mm-hmm for sure. And just to double down on what you said, Danny, I agree. It's like we're not advocating that you just drop your friends um, unless they're being toxic. I think it's a different thing. But I think as you grow, it's like you don't have to let go of friendships. I don't think like that's that's the point. Like we as no. humans need friends. I think friendship is important, but but it's you only have so much time and energy in life. And you need to be, remember your own cup needs to be filled first, right? So when you're making sure that your own cup is full, you got to see who is helping you make sure that your cup is the fullest it can be so that you can serve. You can't serve with an empty cup. So you need to make sure that you're surrounded by people where you guys are filling each other's cups. Amen to that. Going back to some some tactical here. So Danny, it sounds like you're a salesman turned filmmaker. Yes. So most of our audience is filmmakers who need to get better at sales. Mm which means that you probably have some very powerful advice. So for filmmakers who need to up their sales game, what would you say were some really good tactical steps or, or tactical approaches that they can take to start honing those skills so they can close more deals? What I would say is that business owners care about results. They don't care about 
how pretty a video is. And as artists, we sometimes get way too caught up in the detail. And so when you determine, okay, what's the outcome? What's the objective we want this video to do? Do we want more leads? Do we want more calls? Do we want whatever it is, measure that. And then so you deliver a video. And then if you have scratchy audio or maybe the lighting isn't great, but the objective has been met, well, that's a successful video. Um, and that's what business owners care about. At the end of the day, it comes down to money. Everything comes down to money. Don't fool yourself. Like it's all about, will this help add value? Along the way, yeah, people want value from people that they know, like, and trust, but it's not, we're not, this isn't a charity thing. Like it's all about like, let's build. Everyone's trying to build their company. So what I would say to filmmakers trying to sell is come in without trying to sell come in very curious learn what they're doing ask what their biggest problem is what are you what's your biggest challenge today pretty soon you're going to find out hiring is my biggest challenge or for real estate agents maybe it's leads but now you have a, a sense of where you need to focus your creative energy and you say, okay, that's been, thank you. Let me, let me think about some solutions. And then you go and you come up with a bunch of solutions and then you deliver your solutions and make it a, if possible, meet in person. There's just, it's just so much more powerful to meet in person. Like to, and, but if you can't, if you can't get on a Zoom call and send an email or whatever, but even today I sent an email to somebody, but I added a video component. I, I recorded myself going through it because I want that energy. There's just something different. So as personal as you can get is better, you know? So, you know, something mm. we talk a lot on this podcast is as filmmakers, most of our jobs being problem solvers. And you know what? I, why well, I think that's a great perspective because our problem solving doesn't start on production day. Our problem solving skills, our thinking caps on pro solving problems starts as soon as they answer the phone call or as soon as they respond to that email or as soon as you make her any point of contact right? You are, you are already trying to solve their problem. But the difference is curiosity is important because you need to identify what that problem is first. If hiring is their biggest issue and you want to up your social media presence, it's just like you guys are not in alignment, you know? So you got to go in there. You got to be curious. You need to ask with sincerity and authenticity to assess what their problem is. And then, yeah, of all the infinite ideas you can do for a video, you now have a creative box to play in and you can laser all of that energy into that box. Two more things I just thought of too, um, as far as sales go. Lengthen the time horizon. Get out of this notion of a one call close. Like that is absolutely ridiculous. We're talking in the beginning of the show about September sales challenge. I got, I got sales a year later, okay? It's lengthen the sales horizon, build relationships. Don't get fixated on one key customer. Um, that gets super annoying. People talk about being persistent. Well, persistence, maybe over a three to five year time frame, dropping them a line every six months. Don't be calling them every single week or day or whatever. Like fill up that top of the funnel with a whole bunch of prospects and then some of them will come through. The other thing is what I'm way more into these days from a sales perspective is content creation myself. Like practice what you preach, show people what you can do. And the content is has to be value add. It, it has to be something that when they see a video from whoever you are, 
they're like, oh, I'm going to watch this. Yeah, this is going to be good. I'm going to get something from this. And I can't tell you how fruitful that has been for me. And I don't even know how, like, in which ways, but it's crazy. When I post a video on LinkedIn, I get a message, like, from somewhere, some, like, I just get, I get results. It's not always, like, directly. It's not a DM on LinkedIn, but I get a call this from somebody. And it's just, it's strange. Top of mind is first in line. So be be posting. Don't don't create audience fatigue. But whenever you post, come with value. And um, I was reading something in a book called Oversubscribed. It's a great book. I'm about halfway through it. But uh, he talks about in this day and age, it's uh, give away the information for free, charge for implementation. So whatever you know, give it away because they can find it on YouTube. They can find it wherever, anyways. Don't be hoarding your value, your valuable information. Show people that you know exactly what you're talking about. Prove that you can help, and then just charge for implementation. We're in the age of implementation. We're no longer in the age of information. I love that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. There's very few things that are actual like secret IP that serve, especially in a service-based business. I love it when I get from clients like, well, we can't, we can't talk about our process in a video. It's so unique to us. And I'm like, what's unique about it? And they're often like, our great customer service, the way that our that we create relationships. <laughs> like, I hate to break it to you, but like, there's nothing new about that. We're all human. And it's like, yeah, who whoever creates a, a, a great relationship will probably earn earn that business. But like, that's not secret. So I'm all about that. Like, you just, you just share everything and like build that trust. Ideas are the first mile of a marathon. Like that's about as far as it gets you. After that, it's execution. And most people will not execute. Yeah, that is a very powerful statement. And it's so true. And doubling back real quick to, you know, you creating content for yourself. You know, that's an amazing opportunity as a filmmaker to be show, showing people the type of work you want to be making. You know, you, you get people to fall in love with the work you do in your way. And then that's what you're going to get hired to do. You're like, you're like exactly. self-ruling out people who won't, won't be your ideal customer, your ideal client. Like you're doing that and you're honing your skills. It's literally a win-win. Mm-hmm. And if you're doing value at like spec work type stuff or brand building, we call it, you know, where you're building something for a product you love or a company you'd love to work with. And you just be like, yo, I made this for you. That opens a door for a relationship potential. Absolutely. And at the very worst, you got a portfolio piece. You still win. There's still so much value to that. 100%. Yeah, it just comes down to, are you willing to do the work? Yeah. Danny, we talked about sales and stuff, but this is a little more general. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to a young filmmaker or a filmmaker just starting out on their journey? In the beginning, know what you are optimizing for. And it's probably not money. I made a concerted effort to... Focus on building relationships. In 2020, it was all about building relationships and learning my craft. Whatever flowed to that, I said yes to. One day, I'll optimize for something different. Hopefully, it'll be money or maybe it's time. But in this season, I'm optimizing for relationships and education. That's it. Know what you're optimizing for. Well, Danny, it's been great having you on. Glad we could have you here. Yeah, no, this has been awesome. Yeah. Danny, how can people follow your adventures? Yeah, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on there. Some people hate LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn, man. LinkedIn's been amazing for me. And the other way is I host a podcast, The Top Brand Builders. 
but yeah, that's, that's also a passion of mine is podcasting. We'll put a link to that in uh, the description so you can click and check that out. Thank you very much for having me. This was a pleasure guys. It went quick. Yeah, Danny, it always does. And I tell you what, you know, you're 14 months in, 14 months from now, we'll have you back. So we'll have the 28 month mark. We'll see. We'll check in, you know, the check in with Danny Green. Where is he at now? Danny, not so green at that point. Uh, (laughs) He's swimming in the green. (laughs) There it is. Love it. So for all of you listeners out there, if you liked what you heard today, like, subscribe, however it works on the service you're listening to us on. Leave us a review. We still have an active giveaway going on right now. Leave us a review to win a free producer's back from Teal. It's a great way to help organize your shoots, help you in the pre-production process, smooth over client relations, show how awesome and organized you are. It can do nothing but help you. All you need to do is leave us a review. In the meantime, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Ambitious Filmmaker. Have something you want us to talk about? Interested in chatting with like-minded filmmakers? Join the conversation over at our free Facebook group and subscribe to our Instagram. Just search the video community. We'll see you next time. And remember, always be creating.